Welcome to the Choose You Now podcast. I'm your host, Juliana Hever. Dr. Sean Hashmi is a practicing nephrologist and obesity medicine specialist here in Southern California. He's a sought-after speaker on topics ranging from health, nutrition, fitness, and wellness. Currently, Dr. Hashmi serves as the Regional Director for Clinical Nutrition and Weight Management at a very large healthcare organization in Southern California. Driven by his lifelong commitment to serving others, Dr. Hashmi provides evidence-based health, nutrition, and wellness research through his 501c3 nonprofit called selfprincipal.org. In addition, Self-Principal also supports children's education efforts through scholarships, books, and supplies. This is truly a special interview, and I hope you love this as much as I did. Dr. Sean Hashmi, thank you so much for connecting with me today. Well, I'm so excited to connect because, you know, it, this is such a small world, and I've been hearing about you now for years. And yes. it seems like every person I know knows you. I know. I know. I, it's exactly true. Your work, your name just keeps coming across my world via so many random connections. And it wasn't until recently that our mutually dear friend, Dr. Stephen Lewenda, made sure to introduce us. And I'm really grateful that he did. You know what? I'm glad to. Yes. Thank you. So you are do- you're doing so much important work. And of course, we're on the same page about so many things. I would highlight especially the fact how underappreciated fruits and vegetables are, but we can get into that, but particularly <laughs> in the renal diet. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to dig into some of your thoughts and messages and share them with my audience today. Oh, absolutely. You know, kidneys is a passion of mine. And, uh, you know, my background is, is I'm a board certified nephrologist. I'm also a board certified obesity medicine specialist. Right. And so as a nephrologist and obesity specialist with extensive knowledge in nutrition, which is very unique, what would you say are some of the most important things for patients with chronic kidney disease to know about diet that can help save their kidneys? Well, you know, if I may, even before we say what they should know is, do they know if they have chronic kidney disease. And, and the reason I say that is, is because it turns out that about one in seven people walking around have chronic kidney disease. But out of that one person in every seven who has it, about 90% of those people have no idea that they actually have the disease. And that's because chronic kidney disease is silent. It has no symptoms. You don't feel any bad. You don't feel any symptoms. Anything else going on with it, you won't feel any of it. And so that's where the story really begins is, you know, when we look at the number of people that die, for example, from prostate cancer or breast cancer, people with kidney disease die more often than either one of those two devastating illnesses. Yet if you look at how much attention kidney disease gets as a whole, it's actually very, very minimal. So when people have kidney disease, once they discover they have it, first, it's never too late. Even if you're on dialysis, it's not too late to start making decisions that are ultimately going to be really, really impactful for you. So what are those big changes that you can make? It's actually very simple. You know, the way we talk about it is, is we try to put it into categories. Now, this is a little bit more science type of thing, but really it comes down to looking at it from a perspective of about eight different things. And that's salt, that's potassium, that's calcium, phosphorus, proteins, fats, 
fiber, and sugar. That's the whole thing. Now, if you wanted to make it really simple and put it in one sentence, go ahead and eat a whole foods plant-based diet and you cover all eight of those very critical areas. See, drop the mic. That's all people need to know. Just eat plants. It's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> Interview over. We're yep. done talking. That's no. it. <laughs> right. So talk about that. I mean, oh, I have so many people coming to me. I don't think people realize the prevalence of chronic kidney disease, especially what you're saying, that it's so silent for many people. But I think that, you know, there's so much confusion with nutrition. And even as a, in, in my my um, internship, I was, you know, taught that the special renal diet and it was like really avoidant of a lot of these whole plant foods. And I feel like it's very misleading. So can you kind of clarify some of that, please? Yeah. So th there's a running joke and the joke amongst, um, you know, some of the kidney doctors is, is if you go talk to somebody about a kidney diet, then you go talk to somebody about a diabetic diet. It is so polar opposite. The next thing you know, the patients are so confused. They say, well, what should I eat? The answer is nothing. Exactly. And this is why there's so much confusion is we have taken simple concepts and made them so complex for the general public to understand. And, you know, there's all sorts of people who may have something to gain from giving out information or whatever their reason is. But nutrition should not be that complicated. The more complicated we make it, the more of a disservice we end up doing to our patients. Amen. People just go off and say, forget it and go eat fast food because what's the point of trying to dissect everything when they're trying to decide if it's a low carb, high carb? I mean, it just gets so complicated. So I appreciate very much what you're saying. Tell us about tell us about some of those big myths with specifically with like with fruits and vegetables and kidney disease. Yeah. So so the first thing is is let's start with fruits and vegetables and let's talk about uh, potassium, for example. And the reason this matters so much when it comes to things like potassium is, is because there are so many concerns. Now, there should be concerns about potassium because the first symptom of high potassium, believe it or not, the first symptom is death. So we don't take the word high potassium lightly when we talk about patients with kidney disease. So that's number one to understand. But number two to understand is, is just because you can get high potassium with kidney disease doesn't mean you will and doesn't mean that everything you eat will cause that to happen. So let's start with people who haven't yet developed kidney disease but might have risk factors. And what are those risk factors? Number one, number two, number three is diabetes. After that, it's high blood pressure and it's obesity. Okay, so now we got the risk factors out of the way. Let's say you don't have kidney disease yet. Should you eat fruits and vegetables? Well, the answer is absolutely yes, because first thing is, is if you started with blood pressure, data shows that a diet that is rich in fruits and vegetables, you can on average lower your blood pressure, systolic blood pressures by five to 10 points. And as you know, 10 points is equivalent to one high blood pressure medication. That's how much a blood pressure medication on average lowers it. So the fact that you can add fruits and vegetables to your diet and do that it's huge. Number two is we said when it comes to diabetes, what's the data? Once again, if you start to look at the data, what the data shows over and over again, a diet rich in fruits and vegetables, we're not talking fruit juices here. We're not talking anything else that's highly processed or anything else going on. We're talking whole fruits, whole vegetables going on. And what the data shows is that the diabetes incidence goes down. This is counterintuitive because people think that if they eat fruit, which is sugar, that they're going to have their sugars go up. But it turns out 
that when you look at how nature packages fruits, it adds fiber, it adds water, and it makes it absolutely wonderful in just the right quantities. Versus when we drink juice, we get rid of all of the other stuff that nature has spent millions of years perfecting. Same thing with when we try to create our own versions of those things. So fruits and vegetables for people who don't have it are very helpful. Now, when you have kidney disease, what we know is that anytime you make a change in your diet, just get a blood test seven to 10 days after you change. So let's say you're somebody who decides to start eating more fruits and vegetables. Awesome. As your dietitian, as your nephrologist, we'll want to make sure that we see where your potassium level is. When we check it, if it's within the range we want, which is about three and a half to five, then what we're going to say back to you is, is you don't have to change anything. Mrs. Smith, you're doing a great job eating your, you know, whatever the fruit may be in this particular case, your berries going on, continue that. If it's high, then what we do with the help of our dietitians is we will look at your diet and say, maybe there's one particular ingredient that you're having too much of. So you don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but all you need to do is maybe make one or two small tweaks. So that's the potassium story. Potassium is excellent for blood pressure. The other thing we know is that people who consume the lowest amount of potassium actually have as much as a 44% higher risk of developing chronic kidney disease. Now, that's a correlation, not causation, but that correlation could be because of the risk of high blood pressure going on, could be because of the fact that your foods that are rich in potassium also have such great things like fiber and antioxidants, and therefore they are low inflammatory foods to begin with, and inflammation in the body, such as heart disease, is the same thing that occurs in your kidneys, and we call it kidney disease. So being able to consume more fruits and vegetables is going to ensure that your risk of kidney disease goes down. Uh, I hope everyone hears you and everyone hears that message because that's so important. Every day I'm battling people saying, don't eat fruit, you avoid fruit for the sugar. And it's, I think, such a dangerous idea. So thank you for saying that. What about, I love your self-principle. Can you talk a little bit about that, please? Yeah. So, you know, self-principle, I just put the mnemonic together, but the the idea wasn't mine. As I was studying more and more into the longest living people on the planet, what I was finding more often was that they had a lot of things in common. And it wasn't because they had studied nutrition in school or some of them hadn't even gone to school. What they knew was so much greater than what we ever learn in a classroom setting. And they did it without ever thinking about it. So self is all about four very simple to understand concepts. It's sleep, exercise, love, and food. And if you look at the work of Dean Ornish, Caldwell Elselstein, and you look at you know the studies that showed how there was reversal of plaques in the blood vessels on following a whole foods plant-based diet, in addition to that, they were following those principles of self. So sleeping on average seven to nine hours a day. Sleep is so important because we prioritize everything over sleep. You know, sleep is one of those things where it is so important. When people, and by the way, there's excellent data on coffee and so forth, but when people drink coffee, for example, later in the day, for some people it's after 12 p.m., for others it's after 10 a.m., but when they drink it later, they may say, you know, doc, coffee does not affect my sleep. I sleep like a baby. Well, you don't. 
Because when we do sleep studies, the deepest part of your sleep, that beautiful REM sleep, that sort of the recycle bin of your brain that's cleaning out all of your brain, making sure that those amyloid proteins that are forming are clearly getting rid out of your brain so they don't stay there and build up and form plaques and lead to all sorts of dementia, Alzheimer's. So sleep is so critical. And creating this really excellent environment that doesn't have any electronics, that doesn't have any lights going on, that your bedroom is only used for two things, sleep and one other thing. It's really important to make that sort of your temple. And then we get to exercise. And what's interesting about exercise is everybody's looking for a shortcut. Somebody talks about if you only exercise for 30 seconds or if you did this hit workout or so forth. At the end of the day, what we find is, you know, Physique and everything, that's a different story. What we know from the data is two things. First, any kind of cardiovascular training is excellent for you. Two, any kind of strength training is excellent for you. And three, the combination of cardiovascular and strength training is synergistic. So in other words, whether you're a man or a woman, a child, doesn't matter. No matter who you are, you need to both move more and essentially lift more. And it doesn't mean you're trying to be the next, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, but what you're trying to do is make sure that you emphasize both things and don't make exercise complicated. The best time based on science to go ahead and work on exercise, the optimal time to exercise is around 2 p.m. But if you ask me, what is the best time that you ought to work out? It's actually first thing in the morning. And this is why you want to exercise before your brain comes up with a million reasons why you shouldn't (laughs) exercise. That's the only reason I tell all of my patients. I used to be a trainer for the longest time. When I was training all sorts of people, I would tell them, exercise first, because there's this great book called um, Eat That Frog, which talks about, you know, doing the hardest thing first. And for most people, exercise is it. So if you make that the first thing you do, imagine how great you will feel knowing that you accomplished the hardest thing of your day. This is I why in the military- I didn't, know you were a, I didn't know you were a personal trainer too. Oh yeah, yeah, long time, yes. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. We have so much in common. I, I always tell we my clients do. when the best time to exercise is whenever you will. <laughs> because I right. don't to do it. But I like the way you're saying it too. You know, you know, in the in the military, they have this thing where they, they make a, such a big deal. And when I was at UC San Diego- Part of our rotation in sports medicine was through Camp Pendleton. And when we would go down there, they would make such a big deal about these young cadets having to make their beds. And you always ask, you know, why such a big deal? Like it had to be absolutely perfect because the mindset that they were training you for was that you wanted to be successful first thing in the morning so that your entire day was trained, that this small thing that you could have victory over would translate into so many things throughout your day that would change your mindset. A lot of what we do is mindset, right? There's no shortage of knowing you should eat fruits and vegetables. And how come people don't? A lot of it is mindset. And how do we shift that mindset and get away from this concept of always beating ourselves up, always being negative to ourselves, instead of trying to be loving and caring and telling us, Look at what you've accomplished already. You can do this. You know, that little bit of positive talk, it goes a lot further than the negative talk. The negative talk may work short term. 
you may say, oh, you know, you're this and you're that and so forth. And why are you? And, and you just never get anything right. Well, all that does, it makes you climb into a deeper hole. So exercise is simple. Move more and just lift more. And as you get better and better, get yourself a trainer, learn more. There's all sorts of stuff. Use whatever you have to so that you're always learning. But starting off, don't worry about the program. Don't make it complicated. Don't try to climb Mount Everest, right? Take that first step. And then when it comes to love, the concept of love is actually really, really simple. What it is, is it's built around a couple of things. First is gratitude. The data on gratitude is really interesting. If you go ahead and express gratitude to any person, that expression of gratitude, it actually makes your stress hormones goes down. It actually makes you live longer. It lowers your chances of inflammation in the body, which in turn lowers your chances of chronic diseases like high blood pressure, diabetes. So every time you express thanks to somebody, you're being selfish. So I love this concept of self turning into selfish. In fact, my friend Columbus Batiste was the one who pointed out that, you know, there's this concept of being selfish in self that we haven't thought about, where the more we do for others, the better we are. So if you're somebody who's truly selfish, go out and change the world. The best expression you could do is change the world because that in itself is going to make your life filled with joy, happiness, content, when you sleep at night, you're going to sleep like a baby. And that's oh, this, this I love that. simple thing. Yeah. I mean, that is the concept. That is what we're here for, right? Choose you now. It's about like taking care of you so that you can do more in the world and be your strongest, best self. So it's exactly what Choose You Now is all about. And you're just perfectly highlighting it. So thank you for saying all that. Um, and then the F in self. The F is all about food. And with food is, is it's very simple. No matter where you are, shift towards more whole food, plant-based. That's it. Wherever you are. And if you can't go 100%, there's no shame. What we want to know is where you've come. You know, in my personal journey, I, I'm very blessed to have two beautiful daughters. One is four, one is nine. And I always think about the choices I make and the world that they're going to grow up in. And I ask myself, am I doing something to make their world a little bit better? And the reason I go for whole food plant-based diet is because I know that I'm being kind to animals, that I'm making the environment better, that I'm creating a better future for them. It's not because it's some dogma or it's something like a cult. What it is, is it's a way of acceptance. It's just another way to show acceptance. And all of this concept together is self. You want to start with yourself so you can change the world. Oh, I love that, Sean, so much. Thank you. So I have another question. If, you, if, if there's like anything that you've learned in your journeys with fitness, nutrition, lifestyle medicine, what has been the most shocking or unexpected and how did it change your perspective? Wow, that is, that is a... A, a powerful question. You know, all of those experiences that I've gone through is, is the one thing that I can tell you is, is I've learned the cruelty of people. And what I mean by that is, is when, when people go out and intentionally do stuff that creates harm just because they feel that they're absolutely right in their stance. When, you know, you have trainers who are so incredibly mean to their clients in terms of, 
you know, body dysmorphia. And when you look at social media nowadays and you look at, you know, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is, and it creates so much insecurity in young women. And, you know, having two daughters, I always think about all of those things. And what I've learned is that the greatest gift we have is to create a little bit more love in this world. And if we could push that message in a way where we are accepting of people where they are, who they are, where they come from, and helping them to get a little bit better each day, then if each one of us was to do just one tiny task, imagine with all the billions of people we have in the world, how many trillions of things we could accomplish, and it wouldn't be a burden on anybody to do. So for me is this concept of shaming, this concept of negativity, and always trying to push the person down and somehow expecting them to rise because you're breaking them down. You know, breaking down somebody, I think is really easy. But in all the years that I worked as a trainer and did all these other things, I was a martial arts instructor for a long time. What I found was, if you want to truly help somebody, build them. Building takes time, takes effort, and it's a true test of your own character. You brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> that mm -hmm. is so beautiful and profound and important for people to hear. And it is these little things that you can do. You've just delineated so many of them. What do you do, Sean, to choose you now as this microphone for inspiration and help in the world? What do you do to take care of you? <laughs> well, I, I have to tell you, you know, I'm, I'm very, very blessed because I have this beautiful, amazing wife of mine. And uh, I have these two beautiful kids and all three of them, when I look at them, I say, you know, whatever it is that I've done to deserve it, I still don't think I deserve it. But I'm so glad that they're by my side. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I'll, I'll tell you, when, when, um, my wife and I got married. My wife has uh, lupus. And while we were dating, she told me that she had lupus. And we had a lot of conversations about it. And, you know, when we got married, she, the first thing she said was, look, I want to be very honest with you. I have this very serious condition. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to be a burden on anybody. And I completely understand if you want to walk away from it. And, uh, you know, it was um, so powerful and, and moving and uh, what she said. And I said, of course not. You know, I, I love you and I love you for who you are and I love you for who you make me. So this is a simple decision. And so when we got married and, you know, we wanted to have her first child, um, her condition was stable. She was exercising and everything, but underneath it, she had lung problems, liver problems. She has pulmonary hypertension. She has liver cirrhosis. And when we got pregnant with our very first daughter, you know, the doctor said, look, she can't have a kid. The kid won't be born. And, you know, when we were talking about what name to come up for our daughter, there were so many choices, right? She's Vietnamese. I'm Pakistani. So we had Vietnamese name. We had Pakistani names. And uh, there was only one name that both of us were like, you know, this is the name that we're going to pick for our daughter. And so we named her Faith. Aww. And the reason we named her Faith was because we had faith that she would be born. And so I remind my daughter every day, I say, you know, always remember in your life that you were a fighter before you were ever born. Never forget that. 
And so what I do for myself is I spend time with my family. So one of the things I do, I wake up at 4.30 in the morning and I work on self-principles. So I do my article research, write articles and so forth. And I do it because I know somebody out there is suffering. And with the nonprofit selfprinciple.org, if I can change and improve somebody's lives with the content that we're providing, then that goes so much further. Because when I was hurting, when I was unsure about what was going to happen with my wife, I knew that I needed help. And, you know, the people that I turned to, the people whose books and works that I read, T. Colin Campbell and the China study and all of these things that I was like just devouring to come up with something to help my wife. My wife is still here and that's what I owe. So how do I take care of myself? Every morning I, when I get up, I work on my stuff. I go to the gym myself, I work out. And then when I come back, um, after my hour of workout, I come and train my daughter. And the reason I do that is, is because that is the greatest joy in my life is those 20 minutes that I get to spend with her. And, you know, sometimes she's grumpy. She's like, <laughs> I'm not a morning person. But when the workout is done, she's all smiles and she loves it. And the fact that we have something in common where we bond, I tell you, it just, it rejuvenates me every single day to be able to share this gift of all those things that I've learned and to have this person next to me that I just think is like the most perfect person in the world. And so every time I'm tired and, you know, I don't want to go to the gym, I'm like, look, I got to come home and train my daughter. I'm yeah. the example. Yes. Be the light. Be the lighthouse. Well, I absolutely think you're the most beautiful soul. I'm so grateful to have met you and uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Two most important things anyone could do in the world is eat more fruits and vegetables and create a little more love in this world. If you are inspired and enjoy the Choose You Now podcast, become a member of our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash choose you now, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash choose you now to have access to exclusive content. Please subscribe to the show, rate and review us on iTunes, and send us an email with questions and comments at chooseyounowpodcast at gmail.com. For nutrition services and more information, visit me at plantbaseddietitian.com. I invite you to choose yourself now, and I'm signing off with lots of leafy green love.